This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is November, and high on my list of things to be grateful for is the wonderful people who support this podcast by being a member of my Patreon page. I want to send out love and thanks to Mary Thomas, Chris Bloom, Terry Smith, Dale Hosek, Captain America, Stephen Malio, Liz Brunson, Levi Petrie, Betsy Hodges, John Munson, Belly Pori, Rob Barnett, Randy Brown. Steve Anzek, Yetta, Sylvan Groth, Jeff Ulmer, David and Jennifer Von Ebers, and Sean Poole. You too can get a personal thank you note from me, a shout out on at least one episode a month, plus access to unedited videos of the episodes. Go to patreon.com slash Bruce to sign up for as little as a dollar a month. You also can sign up for a month free just to check out if this is something you'd enjoy supporting. Now, on to the show. I think ever since I saw the Broadway show, there were 
that's when I probably really first started to feel like this is something I should pursue because I came away from that just feeling like it's, it was like being at church, the church of Springsteen, even more than an E street band show is. Yeah. And there was so much about it that just him telling these stories from his life and pairing them with the songs and stuff. It's just, there is so much that it's, it's him telling about telling us about his life, but it's so universal in so many ways. I related to it a lot and just, and I'm from a completely different generation from him with a different upbringing, but there's still so much that I saw myself in what he was saying. And I could just tell that that's, that's the appeal of it. He knows that it's his life and it's, he's also speaking to all of us and holding up a mirror. That's what he's always done. So I think then that's when I just, I really started to gather a lot from that. And there's a lot in the book that comes from the Broadway show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. Multiple years ago, there was a book, Everything I Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. And since then, there have been multiple, Everything I Need to Learn in Life, I Learned from Star Trek or Doctor Who or blah, blah, blah. But there was a glaring need. We Springsteen fans needed a book that says everything I need to know I learned from Bruce Springsteen. And Trevor Cornyn said, hey, I see that need and I'm meeting it. Trevor, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Jesse. Yeah, tell us a little about yourself. I live in Brooklyn. I'm 34 years old. I work for a publishing company and I... Spent a few years now trying to get them to make this book, and here we are. It's finally happened. It's been out for a month now, and it's everything I could want it to be. Great. We are going to get to the book, and I am, We. I was saying, um, everything I need to learn, everything I need to know, I learned from Bruce Springsteen, wisdom from the music and musing of an American dreamer. But before that, I always like to start at the beginning. Tell us, where did you grow up? And what kind of music did you like to listen? What music were your family listening to? Yeah, so I grew up in the Rochester, New York area. And my parents are both pretty into country, like the the modern pop country on the radio in the 90s and early 2000s. But my dad also is a huge classic rock fan. And his favorite bands are... Aerosmith, Rolling Stones, Bob Seger, and he's a big Bruce fan. And so I I liked the country I heard when I was a kid and was exposed to that, but I gradually started to gravitate to more of what my dad was listening to. 
what kind of country were they listening to? Like Reba McIntyre, Brooks and Dunn, those types of artists who were okay. on the radio all the time when, okay. you know, mid nineties. Okay. So when I always, this is sometimes hard for people to say, but I always like to ask. So can you remember when you first learned Bruce or like in your case, it was already around when did it become your road to Damascus moment where Bruce's music spoke to you and can you articulate what about his music meant so much to you? Yeah. So I know when I was younger, I know I heard born to run and hungry heart and dancing in the dark, the songs that were on the radio. Sure. And I liked those songs and I knew who he was. It wasn't until I remember just driving around with my dad. He had the greatest hits CD. And I think Born to Run's the first track on that. And then the second track is Thunder Road. Yeah. And that's where there was a, a noticeable change in the way I was hearing Bruce Springsteen. Something about that. And I think it's because I was really starting to get into writing poetry, creative writing, and exploring that and figuring out that's what I wanted to do. And just from the storytelling and the incredible lyrics in that song, I was like, okay, wow, this guy is really someone to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Did, uh, since you mentioned, were you a big reader? Was there, were you, did you read a lot growing up? And was your family readers? I know I have a book out now, but I didn't love reading in high school. I dreaded okay. doing the summer reading, <laughs> but I was good at English class and I liked okay. to write. And okay. yeah, it took me a while to figure out I wanted to steer more towards uh, creative writing and that kind of thing. So I was, yeah, by the end of high school, I was embracing it more. And then in, in college, I did go and get an English and writing degree. But not so much, honestly. Oh, no, that's good. <laughs> what did, was it just being good at English that led you to get that degree? Or what was that moment you decided, hey, this is maybe what I want to do? I think because I'm a musician too. And so I write songs and I just wanted any chance I could get at that, but I'm not a classically trained musician or anything. I right. just play guitar for fun, but I wanted to, I knew I wanted to write better lyrics and hone that aspect. And so I think I was just seeing those classes as the avenue to okay. that. <clears throat> and so that's how mm -hmm. I ended up there, just trying to combine my interests as best I could. And Yeah. Did... Always to preface this, the amount of times you've seen Bruce perform live is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are. Um, I'm glad you said that. Yes, but <laughs> for the record, have you seen him live? And if so, do you count how many times? Yes, I've seen him eight times, including one of those was the Broadway show. Okay. And twice on this tour. Mm-hmm. Any stories from the shows you might want to share? Yes. Yeah, so the first show I went to 
was with my dad and that must have been a nice moment yeah that was in buffalo in 2008 it was the magic tour and it came about i was a freshman in college at the time it came about because he didn't know how to use ticketmaster or really much of the internet at all at that point. And he asked me to go to the library at school and get on Ticketmaster and get him Bruce Springsteen tickets. And he wanted to take a woman he had just started dating at the time. And I was like, this is when I was just really getting into and starting to really appreciate yeah. Bruce. So I was like, all right, well, I will get these tickets for you, but I think... You need to take me instead. <laughs> Good for you. Good play. Yeah. play. And uh, he was great with that. So we went and then got there and realized, and I know they still sell these tickets on every tour and it's fine for a lot of people, but our seats were directly behind the stage. Mm-hmm. And he was surprised by that. And he was like, this will not do. So mm-hmm. he spotted a couple seats way down towards the front, like almost one of the first lower level rows right before the floor. And he was like, we're going to go try to sit there until someone kicks us out because we're in their seats. And we went and sat there and somehow no one ever came for those seats. Oh, how hilarious. (laughs) That was, I never have that courage. Like it it just, you know, I, I, good for your dad. I always now like, after four or five songs, maybe I'd like, okay, maybe now, but good for him. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner. And Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So any thoughts on the tour this time? There's been a little bit of brouhaha about the set list not changing very much. Um, right. Any thoughts on that? I understand that complaint, but at the same time, it hasn't bothered me. And yeah, I only went twice. I went to Penn State once and I went to Brooklyn one of those nights. Yeah. And they were very similar, except for a couple in the middle. And yeah. Penn State, I got Hungry Heart. And in Brooklyn, we got Because of the Night. That's good enough for me. Just yeah. That little variety. But yeah, at this point in his career and just with the the way he used to tour and how much he would mix it up and everything, yeah. why not at this point? If, sure. if he still wants to do it, I would hope at the end of the day, we're all just grateful for it. And yeah. I think, yeah, and I think I was just going to say that I think maybe doing the Broadway show for so long probably helped him appreciate telling a narrative yeah. with a collection of songs. Cause that's what it seems like he's doing now. So I'm going to get to the Bruce book, but before I do, my son is a massive WWE fan. <laughs> yes. Uh, I know why you're asking that. Yes. And <laughs> he still to this day loves telling the story. He was in junior high and WrestleMania was coming to Houston. And it was going to be Austin versus The Rock. Yeah. And we're going to be in the Astrodome. And we live in Dallas. And that was the closest it had ever been in his young life. And he was like, God, God, if I could just go, this would be the greatest gift ever. My wife and I, Linda, said, okay, hey, get all straight A's. We'll get you tickets and then we just went and bought tickets we were going to let him go anyway and sure enough he got straight a's the only time ever (laughs) but so we drove down to houston we did the expo beforehand together we stayed at a really cheap hotel we watched like a rangers summer league game that was the first time a rod was playing with them and Uh then we went to wrestlemania and he's, can I shoot the finger, dad? Yes, you can shoot the finger. <laughs> and Austin turned heel, Austin turned heel. Oh, yeah. He, to this day, he is now 34. And this is, it. about every two or three years, he will convince me to pull up and we will watch that match again. He knows yeah. every word. I mean, he can just route it this. So... When I told him that I was having a writer here that has written a Springsteen book, you're like, oh, he's also written a book about WWE rules. What? So talk to me about writing and what was your thought behind this? And tell me a little bit about that book and plug it, please. About the WWE book? Yes. 
Sure. That was a long time ago, but yeah. When I yeah, when I first started working for the company Topics Media Lab and then Media Lab Books, yeah. is, uh, who does the book side of things. Yeah, we partnered with WWE for a bunch of special projects. Um, my boss used to work there. He used to run the magazine when they had a regular magazine. So we maintained that connection. And yeah, an idea came about to basically create what's never actually existed in physical form, the official rules of WWE wrestling. Yeah. So my editor-in-chief and I basically conceived most of it and just went nuts with our many years of fandom and throwing in as many references and stuff as we could. It's it's like a huge joke. It's really just like a big inside joke for wrestling fans. Obviously, it's not a straightforward right. <laughs> book of rules. There's crude illustrations and stuff throughout it, and it's supposed to look like it was just a bunch of loose paper gathered together in a manila folder that the wrestlers themselves are like changing the rules on the fly and stuff. So and like you would give a rookie wrestler like, okay, here's what you have to do this. As we're recording this, the game seven just ended with the Astros playing the Rangers. And I, I probably would have brought this up even if, th- if the Rangers didn't win, but there was a Garcia hit a home run and showed off, trotted, and threw his bat down, and then jumped on it. And the next time he was a bat, the pitcher hit him. And the pitcher says it wasn't deliberate, but there is those unwritten rules, right, that a pitcher is supposed to punish. Yeah. Did he mean to hit him? I don't know. I agree with everyone that said, you don't hit someone and put someone on base when it's game five of the the American League Championship Series. But the other one, though, is I assume that's what a lot of these things are, right? That kind of thing, right? They're based Um, on specific instances of, yeah, yeah, everyone knows what you're referring to. And yeah, you read it like. What a couple of what are a couple of your favorites? And I know it's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. Yeah. Because I would think right right now, if as a fan, there are certain things when blank says this, you're supposed to say that. That's a rule, right? L.A. Knight right now. Exactly. That he's the latest. My son is really proud that when he first saw him during this latest, he was, he said, Dad, this guy's got a little something. He may, if they trade him, he may pop. And that you hear the broken glass, you immediately go crazy. I am looking forward to, I'm going to buy the book for my son for Christmas because I figure he will really enjoy, right? He'll get these inside jokes. That's for someone like him, for sure. Especially if he's the same age as me. Yeah. I I would hope he'll probably get all the references in it. Yeah, (laughs) that's great. Good. All right. You had said you've been trying to write a Springsteen book for a while. Talk to me about your challenges. Talk to me about the journey, my friend, please. Yeah, the challenges are basically timing. It's not that when I first pitched this book three years ago or whenever it was that nobody said Bruce Springsteen isn't a big enough name to write this book about. It's just that's a tricky business publishing and so it had to be the right timing it had to be yeah 
what it turned out to be was 50 years since Greetings from Asbury Park came out. So that's a great anniversary. Mm-hmm. And that's a nice, neat number. And also just lined up. I don't think I even knew at the time, but it lined up with the big tour and everything. And mm-hmm. we're getting close to Bruce turning 75. So when that happens, it's going to stay relevant. And yeah, so I basically had to wait for something like that before they said, all right, now we're talking. That's the type of release we window we want to aim for. So I'm a little bit curious is how did you write this? What had been, is there things always in the back of your mind? Oh, I should do this, right? Or that, or tell me the process of writing this. Yeah, I think ever since I saw the Broadway show, there were, that's when I probably really first started to feel like this is something I should pursue because I came away from that just feeling like it's, it was like being at church, the church of Springsteen, even more than an E street band show is. Yeah. And there was so much about it that just him telling these stories from his life and pairing them with the songs and stuff. It's just, there is so much that it's, it's him telling about telling us about his life, but it's so universal in so many ways. I related to it a lot and just, and I'm from a completely different generation from him with a different upbringing, but there's still so much that I saw myself in what he was saying. And I could just tell that that's, that's the appeal of it. He knows that it's his life and it's, he's also speaking to all of us and holding up a mirror. That's what he's always done. So I think then that's when I just, I really started to gather a lot from that. And there's a lot in the book that comes from the Broadway show. I couldn't help but reference it a bunch of times. Yeah. So I think now'd be a good time. We had talked about before we hit record that you said, Hey, I could read something from the book. And I think to get a feel for the listeners who haven't bought the book yet, to get a feeling what you're doing, let's uh, go ahead and grab one of the things I do love about it is there are, it is a, it is a few years ago, Trevor, I did, I decided for Lent that I would do 40 days of Springsteen. And turns out Lent is longer than 40 days because you don't count Sundays. But I, I would pick a song. And then I would do a three to five minute discussion of what that song means to me and what I think it's trying to teach us. And it was a really fun thing. When I read this, it reminded me of that. If you could, and if you need a few minutes, that's okay. The magic of editing, it'll seem like you picked one immediately. Get me one and share, please. Yeah, I I have them. I still have a few marked from when I did my reading last month. Yeah, and this one... It has a lot from the Broadway show, like I was just saying. So this one's called Find the Magic in the Mundane. In the opening moments of his spectacular Springsteen on Broadway show, Bruce takes a wrecking ball to the fourth wall. Standing before a sold-out Walter Kerr theater night after night, the singer would explain the expectations of his job. 
These are fans who are waiting for you to pull something out of your hat, out of thin air, something out of this world. But the real magic trick in play here, as the boss puts it, is his ability to simply provide proof of life. The problem, as most know too well, is that real life can be pretty boring. It's natural to get tired of toiling away on the job or feel like you're stuck in a time loop repeating the same routine day after day. And another meta moment of Springsteen on Broadway, Bruce jokes about this very feeling. I've never worked five days a week until right now. I don't like it, he says. But when we hear our own struggles conveyed through song, the perception starts to change. Whether it's the motivational spirit of night or the exuberant pride of working on the highway, music can help us see the joy in what we do. This perceived magic is just the inverse of an old expression. It's art imitating life. Bruce has never concocted a song by literally conjuring the spirits of rock and roll, as much as it may seem that way sometimes. He's simply been taking what he sees, no matter how gray and gloomy it may appear, and putting it through a kaleidoscopic lens. And you can do the same. If you take a closer, more imaginative look at all the seemingly dull aspects of your day-to-day -day life, you might see a glimmer of magic, or at least the potential for it. I love that. I had not, I had not, I have not read the book yet. I wanted to hold off visit with you before I tore into it. And I think there is a lot to be said. There is a lot of wisdom in Bruce's lyrics and the reason why it speaks to us. I also think his music changes as you change. There are often songs that mean yeah. different things as you grow and change. Every once in a while, you'll see on social media, if what's what subject could you talk about for if you were going to do a TED talk? What would be what subject would you pick without any warning? Just someone says, "Hey, you got to do it." Mm -hmm. And I always say that "Better Days." To me, that song says that you have to enjoy the journey of life and not wait for results. Yeah. I think too many times people say, after I get the kids out of diapers, then I'm going to enjoy a parent. After I get my book published, then I'm going to feel successful. After I get that raise, then I'm going to enjoy. Versus understanding the year and here and now. And so I think that is a song that I take to heart when I'm struggling with my day-to-day -day journey and whether no matter difficulties I'm facing, I remember these are better days. These are better days. The journey is what matters. Thoughts on that? It's not really a question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely agree. I think it's interesting and cool that you would do a TED talk on just that song. That's great. It, and Yeah. It just really, it, I had, it just, I think so many times that people do, they don't enjoy the journey. And my wife is a big athlete and she just recently did a half marathon after a long time taking off. And she, she enjoyed the training. She enjoyed all the work. She did everything she needed to do to, and then enjoyed race day 
and then was happy afterwards, but the whole journey meant a lot to you. Yeah. What's been the, what, what you mentioned, you've done a reading, talk about what you've done to promote the book and what's the, what's been the feedback so far? Yeah. So I did a reading at my local bookstore on the launch day last month. Mm -hmm. I did a quick radio interview and that's about it so far. Okay. Otherwise just telling everyone I know and my whole life about yeah. it. And I think I've gotten all of them to get a copy by this point. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I'm going to get back to music but before we do once again, give the title of the book and what's the best way to find it. Title is everything I need to know. I learned from Bruce Springsteen. The best way to find it. It's, it's everywhere you get books, including some small independent bookstores. If, you want to support those, or at least you can order it from them, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And yeah, or you can follow me on social media, just at Trevor Cornine. And yeah, I'll be reminding everybody it exists plenty from yeah. here on out. <laughs> Is what, when you're writing this, I, I imagine how do you decide what's the right amount of what lessons do you pick what songs how do you know what's the right amount to do this because obviously with such a huge catalog there's a lot of themes and stuff you could find yeah i was just thinking before we started this and what you were saying about enjoying the journey and wondering what's next i was thinking yeah. Maybe what's next is an expanded version of this because there's so much that has to be left on the cutting room floor for a fairly short book for a 50-year career. Yeah. So, yeah, I had a big list and I had the types of things that I think about mm -hmm. all the time where they just came flowing. And then, but I also just dug around and watched a lot of late night interviews with Bruce from over the years and read some old, like, Rolling Stone profiles and stuff like that. And just mm -hmm. tried to dig a little deeper and find some nuggets, find some stuff I hadn't heard him say before. So there was a lot that was new to me just from the mm -hmm. process of doing extensive research to try to find just a perfect little poll quote that I could write about for a couple pages. Yeah, I was curious of... How much research did this go into? Did pretty quickly what you wanted to cover or did, did you have just a broad outline and then you, as you're reading lyrics and watching interviews, is that kind of where it started growing? Yeah. So when it was really happening and I had to start get going on it, I had mapped out everything I wanted to include. I have. Yeah. I divided up lyrics, interview quotes, and and there's just some just anecdotes, just things he's done that yeah. he based the lesson on. So I divided it up that way. And then, but as I was writing it, sometimes I was writing something and I think I'm going to be writing a lesson about this lyric. And then I start it and I'm like, oh, you know what, this thing he said in Rolling Stone 20 years ago is actually an even better fit for what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, there was some swapping out along the way. And then there's even some, he did that great Howard Stern interview 
while I was writing this. And so I ended up getting a lot from that that I wasn't previously planning on. Yeah, I I think Bruce has become a better interviewer as he's aged. I think he's less subconscious. I feel like early he didn't like talking about himself. Right. Yeah. And and when they talked about when they released the No Nukes as a concert film, he said for the longest time we didn't like to be filmed because I was like, it's gonna take away the magic if we watch this. And I understand why HBO decided to show that stern interview because it was really insightful. The Apple interview with the guy when Letter to You came out, I can't remember the guy's name now, but it was a good interview. So I do think he's become more, he's always been articulate, but he's been better at at talking about himself, I think, over the years. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. In the Howard Stern interview, he says he's an underrated guitar player, <laughs> which I agree with, but it's yeah, it's a bold statement, but of course... He's earned the right to say it, but it's not something he would have said no. back then, for sure. No, even a few years ago when he was on AMC, or no, it was, yeah, Turner Channel Classics, AMC, maybe, I can't remember which one, mm-hmm. but he was talking about Searcher and another film, and he talked about, I'm not that good of a vocalist, and... But then later, I think he he decided to do the soul cover album because he, I do think, like at the time, I was like, no, Bruce, you're a great vocalist. You know, you, Bruce Springsteen sings the songs of Hank Williams. I'm there, right? (laughs) You're like, you know, I'm buying the album. Of course. I do think that in one of my former guests, and I'm drawing a blank on his name now, but said that, you know, that in a lot of ways, he is the, in baseball like a five-tool player he is a great guitarist he is a great songwriter he is a great front man he is a great vocalist he's a great writer singer when all these parts that and he's you can't say he's underrated but you can see i think a lot of people when they mention greatest guitarist of all time he's not going to be listed and he would probably say maybe i'm not top 10 but i'm top 20 (laughs) that's yeah. yeah that's pretty good so I want I wanted to compliment the book is it's not available on Kindle and I loved and I and there is a lot of to be beautiful about getting a Kindle. You order it, it's immediately there. <laughs> but I liked that yeah. this was a hard copy. It's a perfect size. It's very small. It is filled with great photos. And it says so much. Now, how much trouble was it to get the photo? the rights to all the photos yeah it wasn't we anticipated that being a yeah. huge challenge my my photo director dave weiss is really just talented when it comes to knowing the challenges of either this photo is super rare the photographer won't release the rights to it or it's really expensive yeah it's with this book it seemed like it was going to be all three of those things yeah. for the whole thing. But somehow he just kept finding ways around it and was able to, I think he reached out to some photographers and managed to get them to agree to it. And just also like a lot of great workarounds. Sometimes we didn't have to be vague and I'm just like, some 
then from 1978 we'll do fine here it doesn't have to be exactly a picture of what's being talked about here but yeah it's it's truly amazing like the photos we were able to get for this i'm I'm so proud of that any involvement with the springsteen camp whatsoever no there's not this is unofficial and i would assume not even on the radar yet yeah i I feel that there, there. I've had a couple of episodes that were really special to me, and I've tried to find people who might be close enough to the Bruce camp to go, hey, I think this story is important. If Not that I yeah. want Bruce to know my podcast exists, but I think <laughs> this story is something. So, yeah. the I grew up, I'm significantly older than you, but Big Little Books were a big influence on me. And this, I don't know if how much of that had to do with your influence, but if you Google Big Little Books, there was, on the left was a photo and the right was text. And that was the whole format of the book. That is your format. How'd you come up that with is. that format? <laughs> that was already just in place because we made like the same version of this book, but with Dolly Parton. Okay. And I loved the way that one came together and I figured okay that works let's stick with it I did not realize you this is your second what I learned from book oh I didn't write that one. Oh, okay but, uh, okay. My, our, okay our company put out uh, okay. a Dolly Parton and a Betty White one. Oh, okay so it's almost a little series with pop culture icons we're that's, starting to build here that's cool so what's next for you creatively Right now, I'm just focusing on, now that this is out, I've just been working on stuff with my band. Mm-hmm. I play in a band called Deep Wimp, and we just had a new album out. So that's my excitement has shifted to that now that the book's been out a month, and now I've got something else to promote. Tell um, me a little bit about the band. What's the name of it? The band's called Deep Wimp, and it's not, we're certainly not the E Street Band. Okay. Both in size and sound. Okay. It's more of a, I think it's just a nostalgic, a little bit of a throwback to the early 2000s pop punk and emo type of stuff that we used to love when we were in high school and like Blink-182 and those types of bands. And, but we're all, the other guys are big Bruce fans too. And we certainly do channel him when we're able. Do you guys ever throw in a Springsteen cover when you're performing live? We've done an impromptu Hungry Heart. Okay. um, The other guitarist was having a technical difficulty with the amp. Yeah. And I wasn't exactly sure what to do next. So (laughs) I was like, here's this one. You know this? (laughs) Oh, that's great. And it was well received. So I, I had to I had to see it through and hopefully they forgot why it came about in the first place. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's pretty good. Oh, what's the name of the new album? The new album's called Like a Vine. Okay. And where is it available? Wherever you stream music, uh, okay. Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, hopefully on vinyl in a few months okay nice deep wimp like a vine i just went to your facebook page and liked it 
So I Thank will check you. that out. I, I've got two things to do now. You have to check out the music and fin finish the book. So great. Any, do you have an itch to write another book? I do, yeah. I've got some ideas. I think I'll, I'll probably do, I've got some more ideas for this type of format, the everything I need to know. Okay. And I also want to challenge myself and maybe write something a little more out of left field since I think everyone who knows me is like, of course, his first book is about Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Okay, good. Going back to Bruce, are there songs that you haven't heard live that you are still chasing? Do you have a few white whales that you would love to hear live? Yeah, I don't think I will, but yeah, um, sure. <laughs> that's a lot of us have the way it's going, but yeah, I love a couple of the, the B sides. So ain't good enough for you from oh, that's one of my favorites. I yeah. wanted that so bad. Yes. Yeah. It's so fun. Yes. Maybe something will inspire him to pull yeah. it out in 2024. Who knows? Yeah. And also Cindy from the ties that bind collection. Ooh, yeah, That's a good one. Yeah. Of course, Clarence sang back up on that one, but maybe Jake would be up for it. It's mm -hmm. such a cute song. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, good. All right. Any final thoughts before I ask you the Mary question and we get out of here? I think I'm ready for the Mary question. All right. <laughs> Jay Armstrong is a honors English teacher who's now retired in the Philadelphia area. And when he was teaching, he would give his students the lyrics to Thunder Road, and they would read them. They would talk about the themes Bruce uses, the imagery he portrays, and then he would ask his students at the end of the class, does Mary get in the car? Trevor, that is your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? That's such an awesome question, and I wish I took this English class. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I can send you the link. He, Jay joined me, God, multiple years ago and talked about, he gave me a mini version of what he and his class discussed. So I will send you the yeah. link so you can talk about it. Yeah. You cool. can hear it. Yeah. And so, I agree. I would love that class. <laughs> <laughs> Those lucky kids. So I think wholeheartedly, of course, Mary gets in the car. This is the first song on Born to Run, which is just the whole premise of Born to Run is, I think, taking a chance and just like living your dreams or at least chasing them. And so I can't imagine a world where, you know, after all that, after he's sang her the greatest song of all time, <laughs> how could she not go for it? It's like with all the ideas presented, just it, to me, it's, it has to be true for it to support everything that follows it on that album. That's what I have to believe. I love it. That's a great answer. Very good. All right, Trevor, we want to reach you. How can we? Yeah, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, just at Trevor Cornine. My band is at Deep Wimp. And yeah, I'd reach out if you like the book. 
yeah get in touch i've gotten some messages from strangers saying they like it and that's awesome i love that yeah. absolutely more than welcome to contact me that way perfect everything i needed to know i learned from bruce springsteen wisdom from the music and musings of an american dreamer Trevor Corneen, available wherever you want to get books. It is not too early to be discussing Christmas presents. This will be any Bruce Springsteen fan, any teacher. I think this is a great book to share because they're always looking for things to like to do, to do story times, to do talks. And this is a wonderful format to share if you're a cub scout leader and you want to end with a lesson um this is wonderful i think this is a joy and i'm so glad we got to spend time talking together yeah this was a real pleasure for me jesse i really appreciate you having me on absolutely all right you want to give us another one on our way out yeah sure another reading great yeah Let's see. Can I say a quick curse word on this podcast? Yes, you may. Okay. (laughs) So this one is one of the last entries in the book. It's called No One Has Ever Truly Gone. In 2011, when the world lost Clarence Clemens, the E Street Band's towering magnetic saxophonist, Bruce eulogized his dear friend as only he could. How big was the big man, the boss asked attendees at Clarence's funeral. Too fucking big to die, he answered. For fans, this statement is an irrefutable fact. Anytime the band hits the road, they're now joined by the big man's own blood as his nephew, Jake Clemens, mans the mighty horn that will forever be essential to the E Street sound. When Bruce reaches the line in 10th Avenue freeze out, recalling when the big man joined the band, the music stops as the screens surrounding the stage roll classic footage of Bruce and Clarence setting the world ablaze. In that moment, Clarence's presence fills the arena in a capacity that redefines the phrase larger than life. On his 2020 album, Letter to You, Bruce continues to celebrate the legacies of those he's lost over the years. In the accompanying documentary film, The Bus honors the memories of Clarence Clemens and the E Street Band's late Danny Federici, but he also calls attention to the loss of friends from one of his first bands, the Castiles. In a poignant moment before the song Last Man Standing, Bruce reveals he's the only surviving member of that group but in the closing track on letter to you the boss finds and provides comfort with a simple sentiment i'll see you in my dreams losing loved ones is something we all have to face as time goes on but you can keep someone's spirit alive if you honor the way they lived and cherish the connection you shared this philosophy isn't unique to bruce though he it's one he feels confident enough to proselytize to others in a 2021 appearance on The Late Show of Stephen Colbert, when the host asked him what happens when we die, the boss said, individual consciousness, adios. But our souls and our spirits, I think, live on with the people we've loved and who've loved us. Maybe everything that dies really does come back someday. That is perfect. That is so perfect. Thank you. Yeah, I, what a perfect way to end it. Trevor, thank you for joining me. This is a joy. Everyone go check out the book. 
buy it, you will not be you will not be disappointed. But for now, be kind, be safe, and we will talk to you soon. Goodbye. I'm about to go through a couple of things where you can reach me and give me feedback. Um, so if you want to skip this, I understand. But I do hope you check it out every once in a while. I'm available on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show is available at SetLustingBruce. You can send me an email, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You can send me a voicemail at 469-249-2442. I am currently doing a few other podcasts, Perfectly Good Podcast, John Hyatt from A to Z, where Sylvan Groth and I discuss every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. My Babylon 5 podcast is Last Best Hope for Conversation, where Lou, Karen, and I discuss every episode of Babylon 5 in chronological order. I still am doing Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast with my brother in time, Charles Skaggs. And then finally, How Many Podcasts, the only podcast on the internet that counts, where my buddies and I discuss pop culture. You can go to our Patreon page and support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can go to our Facebook page, like, and please, please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave a five-star rating and review for all of the podcasts that I'm doing. It's okay if you don't listen to them, but if you subscribe and rate, it really will make my day better. Thank you, and I will talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.